Polyhedron is a production of Headcanon Games, LLC. Please bookmark Headcanon Games for the latest in Polyhedron news. Polyhedron is sponsored by listeners like yourself. If you'd like to become a patron of Polyhedron, please go to patreon.com polyhedron. Now, on with your show. Welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG-related. I am your host, Matthew, and as always, I have my two co-hosts here, Ryan. I wasn't ready. Well, you better be ready now. Fine. And Scott. My glorious ascendant. All shall kneel before me. I'm sorry, what? I blacked sorry. out there for a second. Yeah, Scott saw our download numbers, and he's got got a little bit of full of himself. Yeah, he got all glassy-eyed. I don't, <laughs> I don't like it. Look, sometimes a force comes over me. And I can't, I don't know. Are we going to have to get an old priest and a young and, priest? No, it's, it's just the machine. It's just the machine coming and speaking. <laughs> you know, the machine from the future. Yeah. Guys, I'm... What do you... Oh, shit, I haven't told you guys about the machine from the future yet. Never mind, don't, uh... <laughs> don't, uh... Whoo, uh, ha! Well, if you'd like to know about the machine from the future, <laughs> please go on to Polyhedron. <laughs> uh, 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 fuck. Uh, well, this is a wonderful start to our little podcast here. Five dollars uh, a month. <laughs> Machine from the future. <laughs> Anyways, uh, actually, I want to go out and say thank you all and welcome. Anyone new listening, our numbers have dramatically increased thanks to a little little extra advertisement on my end and uh, a couple uh, cool website called Cast, CastCrunch.com. Uh, they invited me to like, put our podcast out and that has gotten more eaters on our podcast. So welcome, enjoy. Please feel free to look on iTunes, Stitcher, um, all of that, and look up our older episodes if you want to sort of like get a deeper dive of what we're all about. There's but, like over 30 of them. Yeah, I yep. know. And uh, some of them are interesting. Yeah. Just a few. Just yeah, a few. check out the ones where we interview some some cool people like mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Uh, Mister Michael Goodwin and yep. uh, uh, Neil Raymond Price. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eloy. 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 Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, we have some good, good conversation, good topics. We've also had some good friends of the show where we uh, talked about you know, LARPing, various topics, and, you know, we, we mine our friend circle for expertise and experience, and, and it's and a what, good time. what we're trying to do is sort of give you a little introduction to us. Uh, I am Matthew, as I said earlier. Um, my two friends here, Ryan and Scott, We this podcast is about role-playing. We talk about role-playing and all its many facets, be it tabletop, live-action, video games, what have you, um, and all the sort of the environment and culture around it. So, Especially for later on, which I think you'll be interested in our conversation that we'll have about sort of the sort of pop culture interconnectivity of role-playing games. Uh, we get into some esoteric things from time to time. Um, but uh, I'd show you letting you know who we are. Uh, I am been role-playing since I was, what, 14, 15. I started with Shadowrun and AD&D. Um, Scott, where'd you start? Uh, I started very firmly in the world of darkness, mm-hmm. uh, back when it was, uh, in its, uh, yeah, I don't think I, I yeah, it was, there, it was, it was in their second edition days, mm-hmm. uh, which came fairly, fairly close after their first edition days. Uh, and yeah, no, that was a lot of LARPing, a lot of table topping. Uh, I, I started very firmly in the white wolf genre, but then I branched out, uh, eventually Matthew convinced me to pick up some boffer weapons and go <laughs> and go outside, which yep. was a. Which was a huge push. Yeah. Oh, let me tell you. Yeah. Dude, it literally took multiple years to do that. Knowing the guy, not shocking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but eventually I got, got the bug and, and been very hard into to live action buffer role playing. I'm actually getting back into live action parlor role playing uh, just because there's been some communities springing up that are worth a damn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's, yeah, no, that's me. And uh, Ryan. So I started uh, role-playing for real, real, like when I was 14 in D20 Star Wars. Uh, it was the third edition at that time, but we switched over to 3.5 edition pretty immediately when it happened because, oh my god, it's so broken. Um, I've played a, just a billion tabletop games, some of which lasted five years, some of which lasted three sessions, mm-hmm. same as everyone else. I, I only started, uh, I've never been a salon LARPer, I've tried it a couple of times and very rarely has it actually hit any real chord for me just because I don't think I've ever met a correct troop, like a good 
group of people. It's got to gather the right mix, mm-hmm. or you got to inter- be introduced to it at the right time in your life. Well, or, or like every time I've done it, for the most part, with the exception of one time when we did Unknown Armies, but that fizzled out. The group has been a bunch of out of place shedheads who don't think costuming's important. So <laughs> you know, uh, I'm a, I'm a theatrical person. I've run haunted houses. I love that kind of thing, and I like costuming and FX makeup and weird LED effects and all that shit. And hence why buffer LARPing is, yeah, is, yeah. is kind of your new drug. And it's about, I mean, my new drug, seven yeah. seven years and a month on yeah. uh, uh, since I met you guys. Yep. But yeah, that's what I've basically been doing ever since. Just mostly you know, buffer LARPing and a lot of tabletop when I can get it. Oh yeah. Um, I've been doing, obviously doing tabletop right now and we're still working on our new buffer LARP, which is similar Accra. Yes, absolutely. Um, in a couple months, hopefully we'll have that ready to start the year zero, which is sort of a play test year. Um, so similarlacra.com everyone. Similarlacralarp.com. Ah, thank you. Thank I you, look thank forward you. to just mountains of nepotism. Thank you. Oh God, no, yes. No, mountains. Just making it rain. Making it rain all over Excellent. Mm-hmm. I'll have all the fake money. So now oh. that we sort of reintroduced ourselves, let's actually get into some news. Um, I don't have that much. Uh, I just want to sh- give a shout out to a buddy of the show, Neil Price. We talked about him earlier. We did an interview. He, we did that uh, a little while back when he was doing stuff with Scion. Um, he has been gotten a new contract and is now back on Exalted. Uh, third edition, he's doing the um, Glory of the... Uh, is it Arms... Uh, Arms of the Chosen? Arms of the Chosen or something like that. It's the weapon, it's the artifact weapon book. Awesome. And the Dragonblood book. Oh, sweet. Oh, the one that I might actually play. (laughs) (laughs) As I stare over Matthew's shoulder, I see the Exalted 3rd Edition book in its glorious white and gold, and it's just like, that book's too thick. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to kill man. I don't even want to look at that book. As we've said multiple times, Exalted 3rd Edition, there are wonderful, glorious parts about that book. The setting is awesome. The core system is really refined, really well. And then the charms. Charms, just too many charms. You gotta, many be charms. A, you gotta be a real size queen to like that charm section. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully the dragon-blooded charm section will uh, go a different direction. They actually, funny you said that, they actually released a preview, and I read over it briefly. Um, yeah, it's not any real different currently. I mean, I mean, we got to remember, Dragon Blood Charms are very idiosyncratic and much more tiny and specific. That's true. They can't as specific as those get in that book. Mm-hmm. Got to remember, they're they're still very broad. Yeah, they handle a lot of effects. I, I don't know, man. I think that's actually better if it's just like I'd rather have like two hundred very very specific effects mm-hmm. than. 200 super crazy broad mm-hmm. 15 different sub-situation effects yeah. because at the end of the day the bookkeeping is still simpler if you know you're very this only applies in very one instance and one instance only. well i mean part of the thing that i liked about dragon blood is like most of the time it's off your die pool where mm-hmm. things are really like you pump your die pool up as big as you can get it to do a thing that is above mortal means and occasionally you're using a charm to do something way out of there. Like, just way crazy. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, Solar is just like, yeah, there's a charm for that. You like, spend, I spend two moats and the thing I wanted to happen happens. I break reality well, however yeah. I choose. Thank you and goodbye. Yeah, moving right along. Yeah. It's, uh, there are some good examples. It's obviously a lot of the old stuff getting revised to a third edition rule set, which is perfectly okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're, hopefully they will avoid some of the glaring issues that were probably in the second edition Dragon Blood Charm set? Um, well, the Dragon Blood Charm set got re- totally revamped uh, by our good friend Michael. Yeah. Um, I mean, the whole Yeah, it did, and then it got revamped again when they did the scroll of Verata, which was his own entire yeah, menagerie it, 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 of issues. Third, second edition got freaking crazy. Yeah. Just, just, but anyway, congratulations to Neil. I'm sure he's going to do a really good job yep. on that. Uh, I finally have started playing The Walking Dead Season 2, mm. uh, which has been a while. I, I, I finished the first episode, and I saw the credits go up, and it was like, uh, copyright Telltale, 2013. I'm all like, really? Because I yeah. bought it when it came out, so this has been on my machine for a really <laughs> long time. Your Steam library just sitting there going, please play me. Yeah, please. well, it, it just... Papa. <laughs> there have been there have been right. other things, and I kind of got tired of zombies for a bit. I no uh, fucking way. <laughs> yeah, but I picked it back. I I, I installed it. I actually had to, <laughs> I had to install the first season, 
because it wasn't installed on my computer because uh, I had done a computer upgrade since then because I installed the second season and it couldn't find any save files. So I had to install the first season, which downloaded my save file from the cloud. Right. And then I downloaded the second season and that recognized my save file. So I, it, it carried over all my uh, choices. How far are you into that one? I just finished the first uh, episode of Have season two. the second season? I don't care about The Walking Dead in any capacity. Damn. Okay, uh, well, that would be a really good topic for the show because that second season's very interesting. Well, I need to... Uh, I also need to... Uh, I need to get the Guardians of the Galaxy one. Like, uh, yeah, my, you now ahead. you have my interest. Yeah. <laughs> like, Fortunately, with the Telltale stuff, I always wait till all of the episodes are out bingo. to buy it and yeah. play it because I want like Borderlands one. Tales it, from the Borderlands. Um, nom, nom, have nom, you played? Nom. Oh yes, I. Okay, I, so okay, that's an episode. Sorry, <laughs> writing that writing that one down. Uh, Tales from the Borderlands. Yeah, uh, we need yeah. to talk about that. That's a lovely, lovely game. I actually, um, I. Borderlands itself, I've tried to play it on a number of occasions. It just doesn't grab me. Yeah, it's, like, just, it's, it's wow. just a shooter. The gameplay it's doesn't grab me. Shooter. Yeah, well, okay, here's the, here's the thing that really, like, turns me off on it. Um, like, after I've gone through an area, and, like, I have to keep going through the same area over and over again, and the enemies always respawn. Yeah, I It's see. like, yeah. I just, like, okay. It's I, a tedium you don't yeah, like. It's a tedium that I don't like. I've, I've already dealt with this particular problem. It just keeps happening over and over again because I have to keep going through the same area over and over again. Mm-hmm. Hey, like, man, the bandits have the same digital immortality you've got, okay? That's, <laughs> that's true, but it's just not fun. It's like... It's a grind. I don't. I don't like it. I'd like to move forward as opposed to be constantly retreading the same ground. Yeah, you're over you're, and over you're again. not a grinder. You probably don't like the Diablo games other I than actually, the, other than the straight down the line linear story. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't get into the to the heavy heavy rep- repetitiveness of it. I love the Diablo games. I actually need to play Diablo three. Uh, well, but please that's, do yes. That's mainly because it's a Blizzard game, and thus the story is cool. Mm-hmm. I also need to play StarCraft too. Like that's another thing that I need mm-hmm. to play. Oh um, yeah, Wings of Freedom uh, was pretty the... good. What? Wings of Freedom was pretty good. I mean, I I haven't played. I only played the Terran campaign mm-hmm. of StarCraft two, and then like, I don't remember what happened. I think graduate school happened. <laughs> I don't remember much for that. Like, uh, year supposedly, and a half. from everyone who's played the second one, all all three expansions of StarCraft two is it's very good. The ending's a little. Weird. weird and wonky and it, that's the most contentious part of are it there, are there cupcakes Probably. are there multiple colored cupcakes hmm I don't know well they're dealing with the Zelnaga and all that stuff right yeah it gets oh, really dear. weird it gets yeah well the Zelnaga are weird they, they Kerrigan are... plays an extremely large part in all of that well yeah because she's a sexy bug lady <laughs> everyone have the queen of braids yeah uh, <laughs> she has braids and blades it's, yeah. it's pretty uh, okay was it the queen of I thought it was the Queen of Pain. No, it was the Queen of Blades. She's Queen no, no, of uh, the one in Planescape. Oh, I have no idea. Oh, yeah, no, I'm looking at that. Um, sorry, um, it made me a reference to something, yeah. a whole other thing. Uh, uh, the, so, yeah, we'll we'll look, we'll talk about Tales of the Borderlands. It should be interesting. We'll make that a whole episode because that's a extremely clever RPG. Oh, it's so good. Exceedingly clever RPG. Um, made me and, cry. Yeah, it does. Yeah, Oskeeter. Yeah. Well, hey. Catch a ride. Shh. Catch a ride. Shut up. Let's all catch a ride. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. All right, we're done now. We're done now. Okay. I'm going to go cry. Oh. All right, you. let's actually get into the main topic of the day. Unless, Ryan, you got any news no. for us? Okay, okay, okay. No, not me. All right, so our main topic, Scott, why don't you introduce it? Okay, well, um, I had a more of a, an idea to talk a little bit more broader, uh, talking more about pop culture influences both on gaming and the influence of gaming on pop culture. Mm-hmm. Um, like seeing, on, just kind of taking a broad spectrum of talking about the movies and TV shows and comics uh, that have dipped their toe in the gaming water or games that partake of that thing. Like a good example uh, would be um, Exalted. I mean, that is, oh, yeah, that, is, sure. that is Kung Fu, Wuja, High Fantasy nonsense Mm -hmm. uh and there's there's all sorts of it it draws in from so many different references and spits itself back out into the world um i mean that's that's probably one of the most influence-laden games uh that i've ever encountered yeah it's got also in in not really pop but like it's got that greek mythology going on Mm mm-hmm with the veneer of that that high stylistic wuja mm-hmm. Chinese and, and anime, yeah, yeah, and anime, basically just the anime influence of it all. 
Um, you're absolutely correct there. Uh, I could see the, and then even from that, like the Kung Fu films of mm-hmm. like the seventies, um, where you had like, where they always had their styles were named a certain mm-hmm. way. So you have charms that actually almost made the like mechanical structure mm-hmm. of Exalted because they had names for things. And then from there you're like, okay, well if I have iron Eagle claw technique, well that's actually a, a, a discrete thing. Yeah, it's a, mo- it's a move. It's a thing. Yeah. It's a, you, you combine a movement of your body with an expenditure of essence. Which then starts getting in your brain if you're a designer mm-hmm. going, well, if that is true. If this is mm-hmm. a thing that is true, we can start working on something else around that. We can mm-hmm. start building other moves. And then how do you build a system that supports that idea of everyone's got these signature moves that they can do? Yeah. Well, having seen it in action... Gets a little clunky, <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little bit. I have yet. I mean, I'm I'm told that uh, Legend of the Wulin is actually going to be doing a second edition. Oh, uh, really? Uh, I guess in certain terms, Legend of the Wulin is the second edition of Weapons of the Gods. Mm. However, they're doing a rules light. They're trying to do a rules light version mm. of Legend of the Wulin, which I'm like, okay, no, that would be have at guys. <laughs> like, I, I don't mind the mechanics in Legend of the Wulin, but it would definitely make it far more digestible for most people. Right. I mean, just like let me explain. Do you have a moment to talk about the condition system <laughs> and what it means for you? Because it means twenty things for you. For for people like me and Dylan Coffee, also a person we had on the show multiple times. We love that sort of raw crunch, and so it's easy for us to kind of get in and work around it, but for most people, it's like, oh my god, Having just getting drowned in it. Like, mostly because it's, it's a, one of those, like, bookkeeping issues. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, my leg's broken, we know this, so mm-hmm. I have to describe this move in a way where my leg doesn't get in the way of the problem. I also have three other conditions that may affect my behavior in this particular fight. I need to make sure that the way I describe this Make sure I avoid the negatives on all of those conditions. Or essentially it's the positives on all of those conditions. Or I'm just going to forget and end up cheating. Like, because that just happens. Sometimes like, ah, shit, I You're missed You're cheating it. through ignorance. Cheating through like just the sheer amount of stuff you forget. Mm-hmm. and it. Ha- but the problem is like, of course, that when it's a 50-50, whether that actually happens or not, like, then you know there's a problem, a slight problem with the system. It's not like, oh, well, it's, everyone makes mistakes. Of course everyone makes mistakes. Everyone forgets the plus one on their weapon. Mm-hmm. Everyone, you know, forgets that they had an extra die floating from some earlier buff they had. But if half the time you're losing or gaining, like... like from turn to turn. Mm-hmm. From turn to turn, you're making the same mistakes over and over again, and you just can't keep track of it all, obviously you need to rewrite the system. Yep. Because yep. it just doesn't work. And so, and so Legend of Wuna is obviously a game that takes that Wuja tropes like to the nth degree, like mm-hmm. where they're like, no, we have very clear Eastern philosophy, Eastern perspective. We're right. almost entirely building this around. And so we're trying to emulate that, the old Kung Fu films. Um, and so that's a thing where pop culture influencing your gaming. Yeah, another uh, thing, it's actually, I, I've been thinking a little bit more about The Matrix recently because uh, a YouTuber that I occasionally watch, a guy named Movie Bob, mm. uh, just did another episode of his, is, uh, it's, a, it's a sporadic series he does called Really That Good, mm-hmm. where he takes a look at a, a movie. It's a deep dive. It's a deep dive into a movie to sort of examine whether or not a, cla- a beloved classic holds up. And he did The Matrix recently. A good hour-long, like, really intensive look at The Matrix. Oh, boy. That is a, that is a dangerous road to walk it down It really sometimes. is. It really is. But I enjoyed it. I, I was very, very into it because he, he, he addressed some elephants in the room. He talked about a lot about, like, um, he just had some very interesting things to his, say. His perspective, I watched that, and this is a little bit of an aside. I watched it. They had some revelations I never really thought about. Oh, yeah. Honestly, had never really thought about The Matrix and I mean, what it means. So does it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it does. Oh, like, I Matrix? think that movie holds up. No, yeah. it holds yeah, up. Yeah, absolutely, it absolutely holds up. Holds As up. a standalone film, it holds up. Yeah, exactly. can, Well, he it, talks a lot about how, it, how it's related to its sequels, how the sequels came about. Uh, and he actually had a very interesting perspective on the sequels that I had never thought of that... that I, it made me appreciate the sequels all, all the more because I am a very I, I understand that I'm a very rare person. I absolutely hundred percent love all three Matrix movies. Mm-hmm. I don't dislike them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I listen when I watch the second and third. Actually, when I watch the Matrix movies in general, 
I'm not actually that interested in the story. Hmm. I don't actually... You, you'll get the spectacle. The spectacle of it is what I love. Like, mm-hmm. of course, yeah, of course. It's a hundred Agent Smiths. Yeah, that's a lot of weird CG Hugo weavings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> weird looking. But if you let your eye unfocus for a little bit and just focus on kind of the action itself of you go into abstract you, about what's actually going on, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, this is kind of neat. You suspend your disbelief. Yeah. yeah, and you can shut that part of your brain off. Unfortunately, like... We have seen so much CG now yeah. that our eyes have and brains have been reprogrammed to know what CG looks like and like at the various quality. And it doesn't levels. age well. The yeah. slider, unfortunately, like yeah. kind of when it go, you pull it back too far, it, you know, yeah. it looks a little wonky. Yeah, it does look. Yeah, I mean, he was looking at more from a story perspective, um, but like I said, I love those movies and watching that 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 sh- that uh, episode of really that good actually gave me more reasons to like them. Um, while acknowledging there are some very deep flaws, particularly in the uh, in the sequels, but he actually one of the things he he really dialed into was talking about the flaws in the first one and how some of the elements of the sequels reference and talked and dealt with the flaws of the first one, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was a really good. I'm not we're not going to go into it. You should watch the video if there, you're interested in the Matrix. Never just, been a, just Google Movie Bob. You got it. Yeah. Has there never been a tabletop attempt? No. Not directly. It's probably a licensing thing. A lot of those teams don't get it because they have, they have to go through a five, five million layers yeah. of the licensing. Wachow- the Wachowskis have been pretty pretty uh stringent on it one thing i'd love i i mean i i would absolutely adore a uh, a novelization of those books of those, no, movies. those movies oh, i would I adore, but they've were, never done no there's gotta never, be some there are comics okay there are comics that that tell different stories in that world and pseudo video games and and video games <laughs> uh, I've, I've read all the comics i've played all the video games I, uh, I played the MMO for as long as it existed. You are I, the Matrix file uh, here. I'm very, yeah. very... I mean, I was about to mention the Momorpaga. Like. Uh, it was the best Momorpaga I've ever played uh, until Sony took it over and ran it into the ground because they're evil. And um, so that was your point about the uh, sort of the culturalness of, yeah. of Matrix and trying yeah, to well, understand yeah, I mean, yeah, its yeah. influence on RPGs. Absolutely. I mean, it, it certainly had its direct influence on a couple of video games uh, and, a, and an MMO. Um, but it also, um, you know, you can draw some pretty pretty direct lines uh, from it to games like Shadowrun and Cyberpunk. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, you know that there was obviously at least some crosstalk there, uh, and there's some crosstalk back uh, because we've had you know new editions of Shadowrun uh, and Shadowrun video games. Uh, there's a cyberpunk video uh, video game coming out which... that will almost probably never show up. I, I think it's almost vaporware. I disagree. <laughs> I, I, the the company that made that was the company behind The Witcher, it's uh, true. and they are they are riding high on the hog now. Uh, and I think that it is. I think it's going to be on track. I think it's. Gonna, I'm very interested in it. It just everything I've heard about it makes my, my panties wet. No, this is Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. heard about that. The, yeah. the, the reason why I, I sort of made fun of it is calling it vaporware. It's because it was. It was at an E3. It was. It was hinted at. It basically, you got a little bit of a trailer yeah. like four flipping years ago. Yeah. And I'm, like, and hadn't really heard anything about well, it. Well, that's the thing. It's like the re- I. I a couple of years ago, I'd be in agreeing with you. Yes. But ever since The Witcher 3 has had its huge impact and, like, really big popularity, that makes me... And then followed then by the renewed discussion and, and promotion about uh, Cyberpunk from the company. That Witcher money. Yeah, that, that Witcher money. And they're like, it's going to be bigger than The Witcher, like, phys- in, in, like, physical game world size... I'm very excited about that, and clearly, The Matrix uh, is something that I would I wouldn't doubt has drawn inspiration to and from. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, from just an aesthetic style. I mean, it was the '90s. I mean, literally, Matrix mm-hmm. came out in '99, right? Yep. So you had the aesthetics of sort of the quasi what people thought hacker culture mm-hmm. was all yeah, about yep. the youth culture that was going on and so you had people going well this is what it looks like and then you had people going the matrix is amazing and then everyone in the early aughts going that's what hacker culture looks mm-hmm. like 
and then you can start extrapolating out in, in like incorrect. Sh- yeah, very uh, incorrect. Have you yeah. ever been? Have you ever been to a hacker convention? No, 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 no. No, but that's the stylized. It was version. the stylized. Right. Of course, yeah, of course it is. But I'm just saying, like, that's it's funny <laughs> that that's what, like the reality versus like the stylized version is just like the gulf in between is insane. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. funny. Like, like the movie Hackers is is for all its, <laughs> for all its ridiculousness is probably a little bit closer. Yeah. All uh, right. The plague. Yeah. yeah the yeah, plague. Yeah. The, f- the funny thing is because I I love movies and Hackers is amazing. Everyone should go see it. it, it w- the little backstory about that was they did all this research into like hacker hacker culture but then they what they did was they said okay what will this look like in 20 minutes from now what like in the short future what will it look like and they took this projection and then it was like no it took the hardest left you could possibly yeah, I mean, imagine oh, yeah. there's a lot of hacking the gooey and visual basic in yeah. that movie yeah <laughs> well it's also it's also like uh, just the way they're stylized like why would a whole bunch of hackers go to a party like and they're not, they're not there for the party. The hackers don't go to the party. They hang out on Friday night in their fucking chat rooms talking to each other. Yeah, or I mean, sometimes they go to the party. Or sometimes they go to the party. I mean, their kids uh, they they are teenagers in that movie and teenagers socialize. But anyway, I mean that's another thing. Like hackers is a, is has its influence. Like, and so you know, I know I when I saw the Matrix, I indeed I I wanted to play some Shadowrun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted to play some Cyberpunk. Didn't know that was an option at the time, but you know. Yeah, Shadow, I'm a youngster. I, yeah. I knew Shadowrun was a thing, and that's its own unique little thing because it's this hard urban fantasy combined mm-hmm. with c- cyberpunk and yeah. direct cyberpunk influence. Like it literally was the guys going, "Yeah, we want to make cyberpunk, but we want to have our own spin on it, so we're gonna throw dwarves into it, mm-hmm. dwarves and dragons." Yeah, well, I mean, Shadowrun, like Shadowrun, has always had that fantasy element, uh, but the and the problem with like cyberpunk, which is probably the most direct. Uh, it, it's 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 all the cyberpunk aspects of Shadowrun without any of the magic, right? Um, and it's a very old game. Um, yes. Like it was it was designed off of the aesthetic of like William Gibson novels. Oh, and what a beautiful uh, aesthetic that is. Oh yes, indeed. Uh, but it it hasn't seen a lot of updates. Whereas Shadowrun has gotten some pretty pretty regular yeah, because updates because it, it can pull and, and I know this is all slightly off topic but this is pulling in for like the D&D crowd mm-hmm. they go oh do you like your elven archer well mm-hmm. we can play an elven archer that actually uses guns yeah. like like it can get it can pull from that content base that pure cyberpunk yeah couldn't do I, and you know I, I, like if you just gave me the options like all right Ryan today's the day you're gonna either pay a shadow run campaign or a straight up cyberpunk game I would actually still probably go with Cyberpunk. I think I just I mm-hmm. I like Shadowrun. I like I like the games. Uh, I've never played a tabletop version of it because that's just not something I'm right. ever going to get to do. Apparently, but uh, you know, I just kind of like I don't like the chocolate and the peanut butter aspect of it. I don't yeah. want the magic, and I don't want no. I can understand that. all the weird like oh they're they're mutants anyway. I don't need any of that. I mean, mm-hmm. virtual light and neuromancer were good because. Cyberpunk's cool and it's still good. Like mm. I, I just never yeah. needed it. But hopefully, with the uh, the video game coming out, hopefully that will uh, we'll see an updated version of the tabletop game. I would love to do that because be Shadowrun's like on its like eighth edition. Oh, or a long, a long, like many many a moon ago, I actually ran a cyberpunk game, a very short cyberpunk game, uh, set in the world of Snow Crash. Ooh, that um, would be that would be cool. Murphy loves cyberpunk. She loves well, uh, cyberpunk. The is awesome and, shit. And, and, and it's not like we we were inspired by all of that cyberpunk to write our own game. Oh yeah, Subnet. Well, that being <laughs> said, I guess I could just play Subnet if I wanted to not to have a cyberpunk <laughs> yeah. game without all the magic and shit. So I guess get on it, asshole. Yeah. Would, yeah. Would you like digital? Would you like digital magic? Because that's basically. What I mean, is. close enough. A yeah. script is close enough. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. basically yeah. magic, uh, but and, it's and, fine. And, 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 because this is sort of a reintroduction, me, Scott, and another friend that is not on the podcast named Nigel, uh, we have our own game in the works that we've been designing on the back burner. Unfortunately, life is life, and it does those things, and we all have full-time jobs to deal with our own stuff, but we're slowly but surely working on yeah. it, and hopefully we'll have I mean, a we, release. We, we have, we have, uh, we've done a lot of work on it, and it is in a very proto-ready state, in mm-hmm. my opinion, uh, and so it just needs a, a, a final concerted effort to sort of get it the push last, it, that pu- last leg. Push it towards one, uh, one more play test. Yeah, yeah, kind of. It actually almost you're almost exactly correct. I need one more play test. Yeah. is what I'm getting. Um, okay. 
uh, just to see if the wheels don't fall off on it. <laughs> but I'll try to break your game if you want. Yeah, it's fine. Thank you. But uh, actually, on my perspective of the topic that we're mm-hmm. talking about, I want to I want to I want to give it back here. This is a direct gaming to uh, movie relationship, mm-hmm. and I'm not talking about the Dungeons and Dragons movie. We not we shouldn't we talk no, about that. Let's yeah, not. No. no. Uh, guess what? Um, uh, Underworld. Uh, Underworld yeah. is a direct. It's so not kidding you. The guy, the director, who surprisingly enough in the first one was is the big black guy with the super deep voice. Loves him some uh, some masquerade vampire the masquerade. Well, no shit. Um, yep. And swear he's like he has directly quoted in saying that he had drawn inspiration. And I would not be surprised if on set he didn't have like a bookmarked vampire the masquerade, <laughs> masquerade but just, just so just tabs and tabs. Of I stuff. don't remember, but how'd that litigation go? Uh, uh, yeah, it, it, it who had, did they rule in favor of? I, I forget. Think they ruled in favor. of... Of the movie, I guess they did because they've made seventy of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, or if if they if or they maybe have. I had to look it up. They may have settled. They were say, we'll, "We'll settle for no fault of our own. We'll give you a, a small uh, bag of cash. You know, if you just let us keep doing this." Maybe that's why White Wolf is still alive. It made it through the dark times of the aughts. Uh, got sweet underworld money. Uh, oh, that was a whole bunch of restructuring. Oh, that... White Wolf is riding high on Kate Beckinsale's ass. Look yep, at that. Yep, pretty much. I mean, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> but but my then my my point stands is that is a direct influence. Somebody who who grew up in role playing. What what's up? What's up? Um, the White Wolf uh, filed 17 counts of copyright. I'm reading from like, Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. White Wolf filed 17 counts of copyright infringement and claimed over 80 points of unique similarity between White Wolf's gaming system and the film. White Wolf Inc. also said the script was very similar to a story called story call entitled The Love of Monsters, which they published, written, written by Nancy A. Collins. In September 2003, a judge granted White Wolf an expand, expedited hearing. The lawsuit ended in a confidential settlement. Yes. Oh, okay. it oh. sounds like they get that sweet underworld money all all day. Yeah, or like a, just a, yeah, for every like here's here's fifty thousand dollars every time we Although make it. Although that that was with White Wolf Inc., which no longer exists. Right. Um, so that so they can, who knows? They can make whatever they want. Who knows? That's probably what we got I mean that movies. that intellectual property though still is in play. Mm. Somebody owns that intellectual property, yeah. so there may very well be but, and, you know, some firma kickback. Yeah, and, and you know we have Bloodlines, obviously, which was a direct you know. Oh yeah, that was that was just a porn, direct porn too. And, that was a. That was the most direct, I think, mm-hmm. cross between a a, t- a game to a direct other media. Mm-hmm. All of the bloodline, the vampire bloodlines, as well as all of the hunter the hunter games that came out as well. Uh, I'd say Neverwinter Nights kind of is on the same mm-hmm. footing as that. I think Knights of the Old Republic would actually count oh, yeah. on that because Knights of the Old Republic at its core is the Star Wars D twenty system with a very nice skin on top it of it. It really yep. is. Like point but, for point. But that's that's kind of I think I consider that a little off topic. That's going from gaming to gaming. Yeah, I can uh, understand that. There there's a there's a movie that I want to bring up or a series of movies that I want to bring up that not many people might not readily associate with gaming. Hmm, no, I'll, I'll hit me. Go the for Chronicles it. of Riddick movies. You know, you're absolutely right, because The Last Witch Hunter was, in fact, written by Vin Diesel about his witch hunter, like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was actually like, written about... The nerd TV supreme, Vin if you Diesel, think, if you think about homie. If you think about uh, fucking Dungeons and Dragons, like, if you think about uh, the Riddick movies, and just realize that it's, that it's it's Vin Diesel playing his D&D character in space... It, it, that's okay, what it is. So, that's the game. So to expand on that idea from what Scott said, okay, so we all know how the first Riddick movie went. All right, it's Riddick's a badass, and everyone else is kind of fucking incompetent, and they barely make it because it's a horror movie, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, now make a now if you watch Riddick, the second Riddick movie, which I believe was called Chronicles, Chronicles, of, Chronicles of Riddick. The tone drastically shifts. Oh yeah, it became oh, it became a Conan. Set. It's a space epic. Yeah, yeah. it's Conan. Yeah, yeah, it's Conan in space. That's exactly how he wrote it because after the first Riddick movie, because Vin Diesel had been making that Fast and Furious money, mm-hmm. he specifically went out and bought the rights to Riddick, the and, character. And I will say, he opened his own publishing house. Mm. He wrote the Chronicles of Riddick tabletop game. Mm-hmm. He also wrote the foreword on the Dungeons & Dragons 30th uh, anniversary book. That's pretty awesome. Yep. Also... Uh, if you look, if you watch Triple X and look at his stomach, you'll see the name Malcor 
Uh, Malcor is the character in The Last Witch Hunter, also a Dark Elf cleric of some, or Dark Elf rogue or sorcerer or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. It's his favorite character. He, it's actually he wears his RPG is. cred literally on, on his, his skin. skin. Mm-hmm. It is, it's real life. The guy, yeah. what a, what a mensch. He is, yeah. <laughs> he is, he is firmly one of the people. Yeah. Uh, like, like, like super action star sex symbol Vin Diesel. Yeah. One of us. Yeah. And, because he, he, he liked, he turns out he uh, loved role playing and loved working out. And you know, he, he, I, when I you mean, act, guess what you get to do? We know no one like that. <laughs> I've only, I've only known a couple in my time who really like love both, but mm-hmm. they exist. Oh god, what was it? I it wasn't specifically working out, but I've uh, I've heard it like uh, one of our friends referred to another of our friends who was a role playing nerd and like a huge football fan as a half elf. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uncorn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, you're absolutely correct. There, that's a direct influence of of and the Chronicles of is actually not a bad movie. They did a pretty decent oh, Chronicle, job. Chronicles of Riddick was rad. Yeah. I, um, the third one was pretty good too. Yeah, it was. That it was, was, just, a, that was just, It was. It was a mashup of the first two. Yeah, essentially. that was just Riddick, right? Yeah, it was just yep. called Riddick. Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't see it actually. Uh, it, 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 it it lowered the tone of it. Yeah. It, it slimmed it down, well, and they brought the horror, some of the horror elements back, but then they still kept some. It of the actually follows the Conan uh, cycle pretty well. Yeah. Uh, because. Because very the Chronicles of Riddick itself was a straight up Conan movie, mm-hmm. like it was a straight up high fantasy Conan movie in space with the big bad necro necro army, and it ended like a Conan story does with Conan. Isn't it the same shot? Like, yeah, it is the exact. Chron- no, it, it is the exact same shot. Okay. He's there on the throne, just looking, looking for at his, over his kingdom, but and, like all of the and Conan, not liking it very much. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, but like all of the Conan books, all the Conan stories. Uh, the next story inevitably begins with Conan having lost everything that he had gained yep. in the previous adventure yep. uh, and having to start from the ground up uh, doing something, doing something that, will, that inevitably leads him yeah. into a into a situation that he doesn't necessarily want to be in, but if you look from a certain perspective, is a really good situation. Uh, also, um, think about Conan. He's not just a big dude with a sword. He's actually a thief. Like he's a rogue. He's a straight up rogue. This mm-hmm. guy is actually a thief and a straight up mercenary. He's not a. He's not the. He's not like an, a high ideal hero. He yeah. is just a dude running around trying to survive in an extremely harsh well, area. It, it usually lands on the they fucked with him, so now someone's got to go. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that and, and usually that guy has a lot of guys between. Him and him, him and, and there, that, him and there. So and there, there is they a gotta go. there is a Conan role playing game, and I yep. know a couple of my friends have played it a while. Uh, whoo! The 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 Mamorpaga or the tabletop? The tabletop. No, the actual and there, the there Mamorpaga are both. is there are both. out now. The Mamorpaga was coming out when when I went to PAX back in like the olden yeah. days. It's out now. I will you say though that uh, that or that role playing game, the tabletop role playing game. Like very true to very true to the setting, and if if anyone knows anything about uh, about Conan, it was written around the same time as H.P. Lovecraft was doing his stuff. In fact, the the authors were very good friends, and actually, Conan uh, they, references the great old ones. Yeah, exactly. No, no, the 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 the, the two are in the same universe. All of Lovecraft shit and all of the Conan shit are in the same universe, but. A, a little side a side status effect to this is the fact is that it's super racist. Yeah, it's oh. got and and the role playing game is true to that. Like uh, Robert E. Howard. Robert E. Howard. Yeah. yeah, he yeah he yeah he took he was very much of his time. Him and Lovecraft were both terrible racists. Like yeah. I will I will just put one thing out there. If you are a if you are from the black people nation in in the Conan role playing game, yep. you have a bonus to chucking spears. And that's all you need to know. That's about all that. you need to know yep. about that. Yep. Still um, heard it's a fun game and all. Yeah, I, I know. Say, <laughs> I will say, if you like spear fighting, what do you yeah, have yeah. to lose? <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's it's a good stat. We're gonna do it. Listen, I'm just saying orcs and axe. Anyway, I'm sorry. That's not right. <laughs> it's not right. Yeah. No. Also, that's where orcs. Also, uh, orcs aren't real. So that's yeah, really the. Um, they aren't real. But, but they're derived off of yeah. I mean, bad. I've always found racial bonuses to be like not. I, I hate using the word problematic, but it's just like 
they're 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 sketchy. They're super sketchy. Yeah, it's it's like saying, yeah, it's eugenics. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's just straight up stereotyping, expecting everything to be the same. Um, but yeah, that's that's a great case for for sort of like role playing influencing pop culture because mm-hmm. Vin Diesel's a huge huge symbol uh, in our modern time, and he's a giant role player who has obviously used all that influence to surround make his world a little bit more interesting by putting role playing in his livelihood and i'm just saying that as as much as they break the laws of physics and reality in fast and the furious easily convertible to tabletop yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're car wizards they're car wizards they do if they're in a car they can basically do anything mm-hmm. oh dude i saw the i saw the latest one Fate yes the absolutely furious? absolutely, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I, I haven't I seen it me neither. but i've seen some i've seen the previews and that's enough to know that they do some carmancy yeah oh, autumn <laughs> Mancy, I guess. Yeah, it, actually, yeah, it is automancy because all kinds of other non-cars come mm-hmm. into it. Another uh, uh, another game that draws heavily from uh, from two very very interesting sources, like one one that you absolutely expect, and another that is um, no, completely unexpected. Is one of my all-time favorite games, uh, Aberrant, mm-hmm. uh, and Aberrant draws very heavily from superhero comics. Uh, and superhero stories, more more Marvel than DC, uh, because the the mutant they're they're more X Men than they are any other type of superhero. Well, yeah. when you have DC, you run into the very real problem of how do you kill this guy? Like, yeah, exactly. So that, that's always a problem. Uh, so that that one that one is worn on its sleeve. But the other really weird pop culture influence that was was heavier than you might expect in the Abbott Gaming line is professional wrestling. Yeah, uh, um, being a celebrity also. Yeah, oh yeah, celebrity culture and like, and a big part of that is being uh, like, there, there. It's called the XWF, mm-hmm. like, and it is superheroes that wrestle. Yep. Um, because when Aberrant came out, that was one. That was during uh, like one of the huge renaissances of the WWF of, of the WWE currently WWE yeah, yeah and WWE, the WCW. Yeah. And all the, the guys WWE at White Wolf, right. all the guys at White Wolf were huge wrestling fans mm-hmm. at the time. Uh, and so there was like this weird undercurrent of that in the game. Uh, they even had a supplement for that that faction. Like she so could do like super literal yeah, yeah, super yeah. moves. Well, it was actually fairly light on rules. It was more of a, of a cultural supplement. Mm-hmm. It was actually one of their smaller ones, but it still is there. And it, it's, it's, it, was om- it was pretty omnipresent. Like, uh, <laughs> like it, but, but it, was, it was a very interesting thing of pop culture unexpected pop culture influences on role-playing games. I mean... And goddamn, I love that game. Speaking of, like, White Wolf, White Wolf's love of a certain thing, like, generating weird amounts of tabletop content. I mean, I've mentioned it, I believe, in the first episode or something. I played the White Wolf Street Fighter RPG a lot. Like, I've played that game a lot, a lot. Yeah, very much so. (laughs) And it and it like there's a lot of resource. It's it's it is a white wolf game. You Mm -hmm. got some dots. You got some other dots. Actually, New Wad closer to New Wad because it's uh, because you have technique in terms of like punching dudes, Mm -hmm. kicking dudes, athletics and stuff like that is like certain substrata of of right. The different kind fighting. of kind of how Nuwad did, did their merits and fighting right, styles. and it's and it's the fight. Yeah, it might actually just be a direct tort. Anyway, yeah, and that was like White Wolf's attempt at making it almost a martial arts game because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's that's, all martial arts. Well, that's all only a little bit of history. I mean, Aberrant was proto exalted. Like that yep. was literally the their new. The mm-hmm. entire Trinity system was a variation on the White Wolf system. That like, can we make another? setting mm-hmm. around the system yeah. but how does the system change based on yep. that, that it was based on the, those changes the, the trinity universe system was the in-between between the world of darkness storyteller system uh and the exalted storyteller system mm-hmm. uh like to the extent that with very minor tweaking and uh this was something that that we were we a while back, we were going to do it. We were yep. actually going to do it. We were going to have an Aberrant versus Exalt fight. Oh, God. Uh, and that would have been really fun. This is me <laughs> yeah. smashing my head up against and then the wall the right And then the Exalt start erupting. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> uh, no, that's, that's, that's like beer and pretzels, pure RPG rank, wankery. <laughs> uh, like you, you, it's, it's a thing you do when you get really drunk. And it's, it's like, who's, who's going to win, the Hulk or Superman? It's yeah. really uh, that. That's that. The Hulk question. or Gilgamesh. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I have to say yeah. about that. Uh, I have fun. more important things to do. I, it's mostly, I just don't like 
and this is me showing my age. It's like I don't like the crunching the numbers for sure. the sake of crunching the numbers. It's not really. It's not your. It's not your. It's not, not your jam. Not it's anymore. Not, your not anymore. Yeah. It used to be. I mean, you could get real crunchy with the Street Fighter game. Uh, <laughs> like the whole the way the the initiative would run is every move had a speed. Yep. And a speed modifier, and then you would have your base initiative modifier, and it would be huh. modified based on what move you were pulling out. Oh, that's that sounds kind of, that's, strikingly Yeah, that's kind of like the tech system from uh, from Second Ed Exalted. Indeed it is. Yep. It's probably the exact thing. Right. Exact thing. And you would literally hold your move on a card. You would yeah. have cards, and you would say, speeds. And, you know, like, everyone would just lay out their numbers, like, in, in sequence, because everyone had to pick their thing first. Because changing what move you were doing in the middle of initiative would burn a willpower, right. much like every other white wolf yep. ever. Yep. Uh, so you know, and that that game was broken as shit. Boy, <laughs> we basically rewrote most of it <laughs> to make it work. Ah, anyway. uh, homebrews. Yeah. So, um, let's think. What else we got? What else we got? Well, there is the there is like the big daddy. Well, which one is the that? The biggest one? daddy. Mm. Old Daddy Tolkien. Oh, oh yeah. shit. Yeah. So, I mean, if you really think about it. All of Dungeons and Dragons happened because Gary Gygax fucking loved Tolkien. Yep. And yep. now, and elf, when you, w- elf was a class. Elf was a class. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Talking about racism. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a level so- five elf. <laughs> Ooh. What do your elf I see? Hey, hey. <laughs> fucking cool it off, okay? <laughs> um, but you know, and if, if you think about like the number of the amount of media that has been generated now, because. People played Dungeons and Dragons a lot when they were kids. Thank you, Duffer Brothers. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Stranger Things, ladies and gentlemen, and Stranger Things actually is getting its own uh, RPG system that is called. Oh my God, what's it called? I think it's Stranger Things inspired, it's like it, yeah, in the loop. In yeah, the loop. That, that's yeah. inspired. It's not directly licensed by them. It's not. Of Stranger course Things. not. But it is the '80s that never was. Yes. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's it's this weird it's, like future urban fantasy sort of Stephen King. Yeah, Ste- Stephen King sci-fi. Uh, yeah, it's called of the, the '80s. Turbo like Turbo Kid future. The yeah. '80s that never was. It's, yeah. it's just that and. Um, it's but, made in a year by a European company, I believe. Yeah, that's a Scandinavian company. Scandinavian, some that's sort. right. Scandinavian but, company. It looks very wicked. And they're, I believe they're having an, it's the core, the core is set in the Scandinavian 80s, uh, but there's a, a America supplement. Yeah, oh, they, man. They, they beat their be, Kickstarter to actually yeah. do it, so they uh, can actually. Well, I hope shoulder pads give you extra armor class. <laughs> uh, so, you know, eventually, of course, they made a Middle Earth tabletop role-playing game that being said i don't know how that could be fun because you're not the most important people in the universe <laughs> <laughs> uh, like you're just some guys in i mean of course like there's there's, there's so a lot much, of story that could be told in middle there, there's mm-hmm. a million pounds of lore you could be of like oh well, this is ten thousand years before lord of the rings and none yeah. of that happened or yet. even after in the age of man or it's ten thousand years later yeah and yeah. you get to tell your own story of but course. what what why it's relevant is if you, if you got it because you got pop culture a writer Tolkien writes oh, the Fellowship of the Ring and the Hobbit and all that. The people Gygax gets inspired, makes a, he wants to play characters in that universe, makes his own universe because obviously he probably couldn't get mm-hmm. the license or whatnot. He makes D- Dungeons and Dragons. Great. Which, well, he makes Chainmail. Yeah, he makes then, Chainmail, then Dungeons and Dragons with the Greyhawk setting. Yep. Um, and and the, then from there you get people who grow up with that go, well, we really like Tolkien too, so we're going to make the movies. Yep. Peter, good old Peter Jackson. He is certainly one of the people. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And so that inspired, that gets super popular to the point that people are like, can we license off of you guys the the official Middle Earth slash mm-hmm. Fellowship of the Ring Hobbit mm-hmm. RPG? Can I put some stats to them Irks? Yeah, them yeah. Them Irks. Um, I actually have like the first edition when like the Fellowship was out. Mm-hmm. I actually have the first edition rulebook for uh, that. I think it's called the One Ring or something like that. I can't right. remember. It's it's in my it's in my box away somewhere but it was interesting because it was literally a mix of like D and white wolf That's like he used a d10 like a singular d10 huh. they had a feat system they had a feat system like a, a like third edition uh D did so uh, it was just this weird like mishmashing of stuff did it work Kind of, yeah. I had never really played it actually. And of I course, they did for aesthetics. And of course, they've made an, a number of video games, uh, computer oh, games. Wow, an obscene number of video games of the Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings. At this uh, point. Shadow of Mordor, uh, so mm, good. Yum, 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 that yum, is yum. totally not. That is like, not an RPG. Yeah, it is. Well, it's got RPG. No, elements. it's got very RPG elements because there's a very there's a lot of like openness in how you go about doing things. Mm-hmm. Like 
I don't know about well, you guys. It's a super linear story. But it's a very linear story, and I personally mind-controlled every goddamn war. <laughs> uh, like, I was like... Every high warlord was had nice glowy eyes. I, like <laughs> uh, I played it all the way through. The only I love that game to, to, to just death. The only problem is the fucking boss fights. Oh my god, it's silly. Like you get built up. The, the, this is totally off topic, but you get totally built up these boss fights, and you're like, oh, we're gonna fight Sora, and it's gonna be awesome. And it's a goddamn quick time event. That's it. A boo. Yeah, it's boo. really bad. I'm like, hopefully the the Shadow of War, which is the next sequel, ah. will be well, address will that be stuff. Much more badass. Also, but because the Nemesis system is amazing. I, I will I will eventually play Shadows of Mordor. I, I have a huge video game backlog, uh, which doesn't it doesn't help that uh, like Humble Bundle occasionally <laughs> comes out with a super goddamn cheap thing with a bunch of shit that I really love. Oh, or the Steam games. Summer or, or this or the sea or this or the Steam sales like those are. Just... I remember playing video games regularly. Yeah, Maybe well, it's it's hard, again. dude. Hey, it's son, hard. you about to graduate? I graduated again. That'd be great. Yep, Yay. graduating, and then you'll have that mythical free time. Yeah, no, by mythical meaning you'll never see it again. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you'll have more of it. Sorta. Until he gets a job, and then other things. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, that. that's completely off topic. I actually but, were running actually a little late on time. So uh, well, I mean, I was just gonna point out though, like you name it, any intellectual property you like has an RPG. Like it's if, just true. If not a direct license, then an RPG that is close enough to it that you can either just play it and with with the inspiration of the thing that you like. Yep. Or fudge some things here and there. Matt, to Matt, make Matt it... and I were just going over it. It's just like, you want to play Farscape? You, you can do that. Dresden, you got that. Doctor Who? Sure. Yeah. Well, there is the, a there the, is a Dresden role-playing game. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's on, It runs on the Fate system. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's actually what's interesting about our modern time is we're actually in a time where you can do that. Mm-hmm. Imagine, imagine us... 30 years ago in the 80s if we were our age now magnum pi yeah right <laughs> yeah <laughs> of course <sighs> the knight rider rpg man oh man someone needs mm. to someone needs to come up with an archer role-playing game uh yeah. well and it'll have bullet count is very important, count. <laughs> <laughs> very important. you and gotta t- keep track of it don't, don't make me do this scott you know i'll start by <laughs> tonight, tonight is, is a disad you can take <laughs> But uh, anyways, we've got to wrap it up. We're getting late. Um, where can everyone find you on the internet? Uh, they can find me at Divis Melkav on the Tweetbots. My little birdie name is at Arduous, R-J-U-O-U-S. And you can find me at Bioimportance. The actual show's Twitter is uh, at PolyhedronCast. Um, if you really like this episode and you really want to kind of get involved with it, you can always send us feedback at PolyhedronPodcast at gmail.com. Ask us questions. Tell yes. us games to review. Give us stories. Or us... if you if there's an episode you're like interested in hearing about or hearing about our thoughts, or maybe we can try to get together, you know, a group of people who are like at least versed on the subject. We're we're really open. Yeah, we we always like new ideas. We're always expanding. Like we had a people of color episode. We're have a, kicking around some ideas for some more interesting episodes for like the culture of role playing games. Um, if you really like what you're hearing, you really want to support us because I am going to be going through some remodeling of my studio to be bigger and better. And thanks to Kaylee Chambers, who has been a longtime patron of us, I've gotten some money enough to start helping me supplement that and make this that $40 hold music $40 tell me about that $40 oh, hold I'm working on it I'm working on oh, it soon, soon I'll let you know when I have it in my shiny golden hands boys we've almost arrived but what, I, <laughs> but what I'm saying is if you really want to throw us a couple dollars really show your support to show go over to patreon.com slash polyhedron and think about becoming a patron you become one of our bosses we promise you'll see very little uh, if you just sign up once you won't even think about it and you'll be giving us the support we need to make this a bigger also I hear show. there's a time machine if you give enough I hear there's some sort of <laughs> yeah, I got, I got it I got it in my garage. I just got to put some oil in it and uh, and get those Kalax crystals. <laughs> That's but, the bitch, right? Yeah. That's well, the Kalax crystals aren't necessarily for the time travel. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what you'll get for supporting us here at Polyhedron. You get to hear um, more of this delightful banter. Yeah, yes. yes. Um, uh, so from everyone here at Polyhedron, go where your fun is. Go roll some dice. 